0: Hi, this is Rob Warlow from Business Loan Services, the commercial finance experts, and welcome to this episode of the Business Finance Bulletin Extra. So here we are continuing my series of four interviews that I did with Theo van Dort, all around the subject of dealing with banks and raising finance. Now, in the first one, we looked at the importance of writing a business plan why you need to write one. Well in this second episode I'm now going to be discussing with Teo what exactly goes into writing an effective business plan. How does it work and more particularly what are the banks looking for. So let's go to that chat with Teo now.
1: Hello there and welcome back. It's Theo Van Dort in the studio with Rob Wallow from Business Loan Services. Okay. So Rob, in the first video, we learned all about business plans and mm. why people often don't have them. And what also resonated with me in that was how businesses of zero employees tend to have a much lower percentage of chance. Mm. And those businesses with, you know what is it, 50 to 250 employees, yep. 70% of them had a business plan. Mm. And so if you're a small business, I guess you need to be modelling a medium to large size business yes. because there's a reason why they've got them. Yes. There's a reason why they've got them. So yeah. one of the things that we did discuss in, in a bit of detail was um, was the benefits of having a business plan and also um, and also why people don't take the time to write one. Mm. Now, you've got years of experience, both as, as a bank manager and now running business loan services. So you're helping people to get the finance they need. Mm. Um, what
0: do you think is the most important thing to put into a business plan? I think, it, I think the important thing is what not to put into it. Because one of the reasons why people won't write plans is because they think it needs to be big and complicated. Mm. And so they'll fill it with unnecessary stuff. And so what we're trying to do is to try and dumb things down to make it as simple as possible. So people don't have this excuse that I just don't know where uh, (laughs) to get started with it. So we just dumb it down and make it very simple. Now, whilst part of our service is to help business owners really write the business plans or the loan proposals... I have a great preference to try and get business owners themselves to actually start the process of writing the business plan. Mm. Because as I said in the previous session, one of the big benefits of putting a plan together is the discoveries that you make along the way. You've got the, the whole process. It's not necessarily about the end document. It's about all those discoveries about your business, what works, what doesn't work, what needs to change, what you need to drop. That's where the real magic comes in putting a plan together. So what I try and do is to try and just put a very simple framework um, for people um, to help them use as a guideline in putting a plan together. And what I really come up with is there are really four four key things you need to have in a plan. I wouldn't use these as chapter headings, but what it does is really just gives you an overview and a flavor of what you're looking to put in the plan. The first one would be um, where you come from. It's a bit about your background. Yeah. Now, this is really written as if it's for being put together for a bank manager. Yeah. So, this is all of your history, where right. you've come from. The next one then is, well, well, where are you now? Where are you today? What does this business look like today in, in terms of the people, its services, the products that you um, make or the services you provide? The next way as well then is, well, where do you want to be? Now, really start getting into the interesting bit, not just for the bank. But for a business owner as well, yeah. because now you're starting to be a bit more action oriented, going thinking forward a little bit. OK, if it's 12 months from today, what's my business look like?
1: Mm.
0: Well, may that be in terms of uh, increased profits, increased sales, additional products or additional outlets, whatever it may be. And this is really where the nitty gritty of the plan comes in. But even then, there's one more step. Because if you get the rest of these, these first three right, unless then you go and look at what actions you're going to take, yeah. then all of those three other things are really a bit of a waste of time. So for me, that's a, a kind of overview of what a good business plan looks like, where you've come from, where you are now, where you want to be, and what actions are you going to take in order to get there. That's where that works for me.
1: Okay, so this is almost like... So you've you've got to imagine that the bank manager knows nothing about you, and you've got really that one chance to pitch. Mm. And if you are pitching, you've got to get it right. So you need to give them... You've got to give them confidence that you know what you're doing. And that through your previous experience of learning probably how not to do it, Mm. that you've learned several lessons that mean that this time you're going to do
0: it differently. Yeah, I mean... Going through this whole process of writing a business plan, particularly from a bank's point of view, it really demonstrates your seriousness. Because if you follow this kind of framework and what we're going to share in a minute about what really goes into a plan, yeah. if you follow this, it just kind of demonstrates that you're serious about investing time and money and making your business work and making your business safe. And that's really what a bank is looking for. Is this business safe to lend to? Yeah. Am I going to get my money back? Yeah. And if you go through all of this, then... The bank manager knows that you've really thought long and hard about your business and mm-hmm. hopefully ironed out all of the potential problems before we even come to the bank. So it's just a nice overview of what a business plan is about. And does the bank manager have to get it signed off by somebody else more senior to them? Eventually, yes. Yes, yes that's right. Well, so yeah. the easier job you can give them to sell it on, I guess, then yes. the easier it will be for them to get that approved. Yes, absolutely. Because again, it just demonstrates to the powers that be. This is a serious business. Otherwise, if you go in there with all your plan up here, mm. you're then leaving it to the bank manager to put his words yeah, but it's on somebody's whispers. Yes. <laughs> it's his it's his vision of what your vision is. Yeah. And putting this together makes that there is no ambiguity then. Mm. This is your own, it's your business. You are owning everything that goes in there. Okay. So um, yeah. So if we go into a bit more detail then about what the plan would look like, first things to start with would be the executive summary. Right. You start with a summary. And why would you start with a summary? Because usually a summary is at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it is. It's a bit, a bit strange. The reason we have a summary at the, at the beginning is a couple of reasons. And it's really written in that sense for the bank manager's perspective. If you think about it, the bank manager is going to have a stack of business plans sitting around him. Mm. Okay. Um, and he may pick up your business plan on the Monday morning. and have, have a quick flick through. But he doesn't have time to look at it then. So he has to put it away. Um, come the Wednesday he's got a bit more time and he said I remember flicking through that plan what was it about I can't really remember so if he did this executive summary it's really an overview of the whole plan put down into one or two pages okay so it means on the Monday morning he could just read the summary Mm -hmm. get a feel for it that's fine okay come back to it Wednesday quickly read the summary oh yeah I get I remember this one yeah so straight into the into the into the mind frame the other reason why you would put the summary in the beginning is that. Um, as we'll discover later, there are banks that like certain sectors, industry sectors, and some banks don't like certain sectors. So if he's picking up the summary, you can immediately look at it and say, ah, oh, this is not for us. Right. We're not particularly into this sector at the moment. So he's not had to sit down for one hour to go yes. through a whole document. Then, oh, right, if I'd known that at the beginning, then I could have saved myself time. Yeah. So that's another reason why you put a summary at the beginning. Another reason as well, you, you alluded earlier about um, bank managers have to go to a higher level sometimes mm. to get approval. But there are some bank managers who will have um, what's called lending discretions themselves. They can go up to a certain limit. So if you're uh, included in your summary is, I want £100,000 – the manager picking up knows immediately when he sees that oh, I can do this myself. Mm. I don't have to refer it on to anybody else. Right. So it really, the, the purpose of the summary is just to get the reader in a mindset of what's to come. It's just a condensed version of the 20, 30 pages that may follow. so that's the reason why we have a summary first a bit counterintuitive but it works
1: no and it makes sense and i guess it also you it it will it will help you to it's that you need to build a relationship i would imagine with that bank manager and if you're going to be working with them for a series you know of years to Mm. come or unless they get moved around but the easier you make it for them the easier you make their job the more likely
0: they are to go actually let's help this guy out absolutely at the end of the day you're Everybody and workers have a finite amount of time that they can spend on yeah. a particular client. And again, that's another reason why we put the plan together, because it does make it easier. Um, and putting this whole thing together means I know if I was the bank manager sitting there, that I could spend half the time putting a lending application together for the powers of B with somebody who's got a plan. Mm. But if they haven't got a plan, he's going to have to work twice as long and twice as hard yeah. to get to that same. Um, paper that but We he has all know to we about. go for the path of least resistance. Yeah. So what's who I know, are they gonna yeah. help first? The yeah. guy that's given
1: it all on the plate to
0: them or the guy that's gonna really dig yeah, for Yeah, Yeah. I know there are many business owners out there who don't want to make a job bank manager's job easier. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it does help sometimes. Yeah. It really does help. Okay, so what's yeah. next? Then we then move on then to the background. So again this is a summary of how the business has got to where it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you start the idea? Did you buy the business? Um, Did you have any previous experience that led you to seeing a gap in the market? Um, It may be that uh, you were working as an employee and you saw a gap because you saw that your existing business um, employee was not really addressing a market particularly well. So really the background is just, again, setting the scene as to where we've come from. Mm. So that's a really just good place to start, just sets the scene. Okay. Yeah. All right. We then move on then to... Kind of a mission and vision statements. Now, I'm not a great fan of, of mission statements because mm. a lot of them just full of corporate speak. Yes. Yeah. But for me, the, the mission statement really is just about the why. Yeah. Why are you in business? What are you there to achieve? in terms of helping business, you know, your uh, your clients or your customers do what. Yeah. It's your bigger, your bigger picture why. Yeah. So start with that because, again, it just helps set the scene. So it's almost like the business. benefit and the outcome that you're hoping to offer to your customers. Yes. Yeah. Instead yeah. of it being feature, it's, mm. it's about the benefit and the outcome. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And with vision as well, um, that's equally important to put in there because, again, it just paints a picture about where this business is going,
1: mm.
0: you know, what, what's, what's coming here. Yeah. Because, again, if I'm sitting there as a bank manager, um, I'm reading this, I want to see that you know where you're going. Yeah. Because if I'm going to lend you 100K um, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this business owner really going to make it? Yeah. So that's why I've it there. So why do you think it's important to include the vision then? The the day is to try and make your bank manager get bought into the vision about what you're there to do. Mm. Because if I go back to, again, my previous role when I was the other side of the desk – I would rather support those business owners who have a very clear idea of where their business is going. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you can drill it down to specifics, or a specific turnover, specific uh, profit figure, um, how many products you're going to sell. The more specific you can be, the better. Yeah. You're going to excite me, and I'm going to buy into it. Okay. All right, that's good stuff. So, what what Mm. what next would you put on the plan? Now we start getting into the nitty gritty. Then, really, your products and your services. Yeah. What do you sell? So here now, it's just an overview. What is your product? Um, what is the service that you provide? Uh, make me understand, what um, am I doing to help my clients? What need am I, am I filling? Mm. Um, so once you've got that, then I can understand as a banker then exactly where you fit in the whole business structure. So, okay, I understand. This is why people would want to buy this product. Mm. Okay. You then look at, um, under here as well, outline your terms of service. Do you sell on cash only? Do you sell on credit? If you sell on credit, what is it, 30 days credit you give, 60 days, 90 days, whatever it may be. Also give an idea of um, the delivery channels as well. Mm-hmm. Also your suppliers. Who are your suppliers? Yeah. Get me an idea of what the process is in order to get from a raw product to the end product. Yeah. So what is your manufacturing process or your service delivery process? The key thing here is not to get too deep into the business, too complex. Right. Remember in the last session we said don't make it over complicated and fill it with jargon. Yeah. Not what it's about. You've got to try and make it as simple for the business owner to read um, as possible. Okay. Plus your products and services. All right. What would you put in next? Next one then I would put in your marketplace. Okay. So now we've got um, an idea now of what your product is and your service who are you selling to from, from a big point of view? Okay? Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at here now then, okay, describe your market to me. Um, do you wholesale? Do you retail? Do you sell internationally? Are you national? Are you regional? Are you local? You know, drilling it right down. Also, give me an idea of the size of the market. Now, if you're in a type of industry where you can have um, competitor surveys, and ideas of what the market looks like mm-hmm. in terms of numbers – Great. Put the market research in there because, again, it proves to me, um, as from the bank's point of view, that there are people out there wanting to buy. Yeah. And it's not just a vanity business that you've got, Sure. which a lot of business owners yes. do have. You know, well, I would buy this product, therefore everybody else would. Yes. Yeah, but you've got to prove it to me. So any market data that you can have to put in here is great as well. Um, your competitors. Talk to me about what your competitors are looking like. Mm. Who are they? Um, just do a bit of an analysis about them. What are their strengths and weaknesses and how do you play to them? Yeah. So it just gives me as the banker a sense of where we are. And dif- differentiates you? Yeah, yeah. And this is really where, where the USPs come in as well, and unique selling, uh, unique selling points, unique selling propositions. Yes. But the key thing here, yeah, what does differentiate me? That's very important. Okay. Because we're there to answer the key question as well, why should I buy from you? Yeah. That's the key question because as a business owner, if you can't answer that question, why people should buy from you, Mm. then how are your clients going to answer that question? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big thing. That's very yeah. valid. Yeah. So, so you've talked about a USP, and
1: I guess that's really important because that's almost a, a huge tick in the box. Because that's one of the biggest objections, I would mm. imagine, that the bank manager is going to have to lending you the money. Is it? Well, like, you know, there's seven coffee shops already. Why? What makes your coffee shop different? Yes. Yeah. So, if you can come up with that USP or that unique selling proposition, as you yeah. said, that's a that's a big tick in the yeah. objection. It box. just
0: shows that you're not a me too business. Yeah. You know, someone else has done it, and I'm going to do it as well. Yeah. You know, the the there always has to be a distinction. Mm. I say, because there's, you know, there's no unique product or service out there, um, we can all solve our problems with all the businesses that exist in the world already. Yeah. The key thing is, as you said, is to differentiate yourself. How do I make myself different? And if you are one of a host of coffee shops, yeah. then, yeah, what is the difference factor? Why would I come through your door? Because unless you can answer that, the bank manager is going to think, well, what's the lifespan of this business? Yeah. How long is he going to be here? Because I know the competition. Especially if your bank manager is local um, and then you're in a small local area, Yeah, you the bank manager is wiser if he knows who your competition are. Yeah. So if you've not highlighted it and then said why you were different from the competition. Yeah, or what you're going to do better or what you're going to have to lure Absolutely, those people yeah. into your shop rather than somebody else's that's yeah. already doing what you want to do. Yes, and I, I'm doing my time behind the guy I, I turned down many cases on that because the owner did not sufficiently enough – convince me yeah that they would make a go of this because they were just the same as everybody else out there. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess after market, what's the next thing? Gonna be Well customers? we're gonna be looking at then, yeah, your client base. So here what we're looking at, drilling it down further now. Mm. So who exactly are your clients? Now one big mistake everyone says is, Well, everyone's my client. Everybody's my client. Yeah. 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 Well when you tell when you say that everybody is, well you end up with nobody. Yeah. Because they're not listening to your message. Mm. And that's why it's important to actually understand what your client looks like, what do they, how do they if you were to try and paint a picture of what the person looks like, what would it be? Mm. would it be my typical client is a forty uh, year old married couple with two children um, four bedroomed house they go on holiday four times a year, whatever it may be yeah you, know, you need to ideally to be able to drill it down that, uh, to that lower point so you can yeah. say that 's my client mm. because once you know that, then your marketing messages can be much more targeted. And again, that's what the bank's looking for. Okay, I get your product. I get what you do. Mm. Um, I guess I see what your wider market is. Yeah. But now I can see exactly who you're selling to. And that's just another convincer, that this is going to work. Yeah, and I guess if you've already got
1: clients, you can look at the ones you already have and try to see what the commonality is between them. Mm. To say, well, they all sort of sit in this age group and they tend to have this size houses and everything, mm. and then you it helps you to
0: drill down to find almost that niche of your client. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. If your if your market is or your client base is just too wide, your marketing messages are going to be all over the place. Mm. You know, your 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 messages will be very broad and they won't actually sing to everybody. Yeah. But the more focused you can be on your client base, the more targeted your specific message can be then. Okay. All right. Mm. So that's the client base. Mm. What's next in the plan? The next one then is the routes to market. How are you going to get there? So we've understood your products. We've understood the market generally, and we'll understand then who your client base is. Then talk about then, well, how do you get those messages out? Now, we've got lots of different mediums out there Mm. in which to get the messages out there. Um, But just explain to the bank then, how you do it? Right. Um, do you do traditional advertising? Do you do advertising in local newspapers? Do you do leaflet drops? Um, do you um, actually just go out there knocking on doors? Uh, do you rely on, rely on referral partners? How do you get your business out there? Yeah. How do you get? What media do you use? Do you use TV? Is it radio? Social media. Most businesses these days are now on social media. Yeah. Do you use YouTube and videos? Whatever it may be. Talk about how you get that message out. Yeah. Now, a back manager you may think may not particularly want to know that. Well, he does because again, it just builds his picture. Yes, And understand. It's another like... objection box that you're going to tick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just gives him a much more comfortable point of view that yeah, this business is geared up. It knows exactly a who its client uh, market is, but more importantly, how they get the message out there. Mm. And that's why um, to swipe your routes to market. And is this a is this the point when you're doing the marketing of your business where you'd also include something about your pricing and your, and your pricing policies? Yeah. Pricing is important because, from a ba- again, from a bank's point of view, they're trying to get an understanding of how your business works. Mm. So from your pricing perspective, you've got varying different ways that you can price. You could say that I'm a premium price provider. We provide top market. Um, but as a result, we have low client numbers. But we make their income because we're premium price. Yeah. You said, then we're middle. You know, we, we kind of touch a, um, a variety of people. Or you can go and say, right, we're, we're really low price. We go for low price but high volumes. I, I sell it cheap. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which, as we know, with the supermarkets, it's a model that works. Yeah. And but, the airlines. Yeah, yeah. But in the SME market, the small and medium-sized enterprise market, mm. I think the place where everyone really needs to be is premium pricing. Right. Because at the end of the day, um, the vast majority of small, medium-sized enterprise mm. really provide – top-notch service, and yet they underprice themselves. Okay. And so we should be then demonstrating to the bank that we know our market really well and that we price accordingly, which is a premium price. So certainly go through your pricing model and how you arrive at your prices. Okay. All right. What's next? So the next one then is management and and your staff. Um, Now, here you're just putting an overview of your staffing structure in place. Um, Hierarchy chart. You know, there's me, and then there's all the different department heads. Yeah. Uh, maybe just to give a flavor of how the staffing structure works. Okay, and, and, and how important is it to focus on that? One of the key things, particularly in the SME market, again, is that there are a lot of sole traders. They may not be employing anyone, so they're true sole traders. Mm. But there still may be a hybrid of sole traders where they may be employing five to six people. Yeah, okay. But at the end of the day, the bank will look at it and say, you know, that business still depends on you. It only works if you're there. Yeah. So this section, it really is all about trying to convince the bank, it's not just about me, that there are other people in this business. So it gives the bank manager confidence that if, God forbid, anything happened to you, the business would still survive. Yeah. And that means that he still gets his money back yeah. every month through the repayment of the loan or the overdraft facility. Yeah. So that's the key reason to put in there, just to convince the bank. There's some sort of disaster recovery almost. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also putting in here as well to give the bank manager an understanding of the structure, but also give a a, a flavor of the training that people have to go through in order to stay a member of, uh, of your staff. The re- your remuneration policy as well. Just give a flavor of how that works as well. Yeah. Just to show the bank that these are Um, loyal staff, and this is how I make them loyal, by rewarding them well and training them well, and that that they are there from a succession plan perspective if anything does happen. Okay. This is really great. These are great fundamentals. So after management of staff, Mm. what would you look at next? From the bank's point of view now, we get to the real nub of the plan. Mm. This is now, okay, everything that you've done up to this stage is giving a flavour of what the business is, about where you are now and where you've come from. But now we're getting into the territory of where do you want to be, Because obviously the bank manager is going to be asked to put some money on the table. So he wants to know, well, okay, so where's this money going? What's it going to be used for? So here you start putting in now what your short, medium, and long-term objectives are. Back to the vision, but in a lot more detail now. This is where I'm planning to take the business. And in order to take the business there, what I need from you is this. Mm. I need £150,000. And what I'm going to do with that £150,000 is I've got £50,000 to spend on some plant and equipment. We've got £20,000 to spend on marketing, and we've got a remaining £50,000, £70,000 on general working capital yeah. in order to make this work. So it's a very uh, case of just making sure that you are very clear. It's surprising over the years the number of business owners I've met who would say, oh, I need £100,000. I said, fine, so what are you going to spend it on? Well, not really too sure, but that's what I think I need. Right. Yes, but make it more specific for me. I don't yeah. know. I can't give you a blank check. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you'll just ride off into the sunset and spend it well. Don't work that way. Yeah, yeah. So, specificity is key with this. Absolutely. Yeah. The more you can prove what you're going to spend the money on, the better. So, bring pro forma invoices in, perhaps. Bring in the spec of the machinery that you're going to buy. Right. Yeah. Even a letter from the company say, yes, we have this bit of machinery in stock. Here's the quote. Yeah, yeah. Assume we can deliver it in four weeks' time. We reckon we could get it up and running within six weeks, whatever it may be. Yeah. So the more proof you can give Mm. as to how you're going to utilize the money, then so much better. And then include here as well about security. Right. what security you can offer. And what about your contribution as a business owner?
1: Does it does it is it good if you say, right, this is how, this is what we need, but I'm also willing to put my
0: money on the line as well? Absolutely. Gone are the days where you can get 100% finance. Mm. So bankers want to see you have some skin in the game as well. Right. Uh, and it is, you know, it continues to be a bit of a contentious point uh, for many business owners. Oh, well, banks, you're there to lend money. Well, yeah, but we need to be partners in this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's a bit unequal partnership. The risk partnership. can't all be one sided No, no. And I'm prepared as a banker to take yeah. the majority of the risk, but you've got to risk something here as well. Yeah. Um, so we wouldn't do that in a personal relationship. You wouldn't do it in any relationship, would you?
1: And no. I, I think what you said in the very first video about that—almost those those heydays where they were just giving away money left, right, and centre mm. without asking too many questions—and mm. and actually this is a, although it's hard, mm. this is a more sensible way because less people are going to end up, you know, getting getting very hurt.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's to say with, so with security that needs to be pledged as well, the contribution can come in the form of hard cash. That needs to be there, but also security as well. Yeah, because often that isn't covered in a business plan, is it? Security. Why do you think that is? No. If you if, if you pick some sh- books off the shelf of the library or get some on the internet, um, most of them don't have about security because those types of books are, are written for generic business plans. Mm. The bank obviously wants a business plan that focuses on them. Now, Many people don't realize that when the bank manager puts his notes together, he has to incorporate uh, um, a paragraph on what security is on offer. Right. So if you know the bank manager is going to incorporate that, well, put it in your own plan. Yeah. You know, off, say what you can offer in the form of security. Now, it's a very emotive subject, the whole issue of security. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, security can come in the form of, if you're a limited company, personal guarantee from the directors. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one for many. Um, it could be the commercial premises you operate in. It um, could offer a debenture which picks up um, stock and furniture and that sort of stuff. Um, but probably the most difficult one is when the bank says, um, and your house? Yeah. Is that on the table? That's the hard one. Yeah. And that's really the acid test for a bank. If you've got a business owner who says, yes, yeah, I'm prepared to put my house down. Well, okay. I can look you at the whites right in the eye and say, right, this guy's really serious. Yeah. He's willing to pledge the family house yeah, yeah. to support this. It's a big risk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But it shows you're serious. Yes. I and mean, I guess that is the ultimate tick in the seriousness box. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it is a big debate for many people to have, especially with families and partners. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's a big test. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay. And um, and what about,
0: um, what about finance? Yeah. On financial forecasts. Yeah. That's the next thing, really. Financial information generally. We've got... Two lots of information that will need to go in there. Number one is your audited accounts, right? right. You're going to have to have them, um, assuming you're not a startup, of course, because you wouldn't have a past track record. Yeah. But your audited accounts need to be in there. Now, they need to be as up-to-date as you can. There's no point going into the bank with accounts which are you know, 9, 12 months old. Yeah. Yeah, they've got to be up-to-date as quick as you can. Management information as well. So these are um, accounts which are done monthly or quarterly. They've got to be brought in as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure that they're bang up to date as well. Alrighty, okay. Um, then we're looking at financial forecasts. What now- are financial forecasts exactly? For 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 for. The person at home is thinking, well, how do I do a financial forecast? Yeah. I mean, this is even more complex and an even bigger issue than people putting plans together. Right. Because that that can uh, get quite heavy. So say a financial forecast can be described as your business plan translated into numbers. Right. So your forecasts are made up of three things. You've got a forecasted balance sheet, a forecasted profit and loss, Mm. and a forecasted cash flow forecast. So the forecasted profit is what it says. It's looking to see, okay, if you achieve everything that you want to do in your plan, this is what the profit outcome is going to be. And the cash flow forecast is much more important, and this is a bigger subject altogether, about the difference between cash and profit. Mm. Profit does not equal cash. You get many business owners who will look at their accounts at the end of the year and say, well, according to this, I made £40,000 profit last year. Where is it then? Yeah. <laughs> How come I don't feel that rich? Yes. Well, it's because it's not in cash. It's still hidden away in other things. Mm. And so from a cash flow point of view, it's important from the bank because it demonstrates that you can afford to repay the loan. Right. And I guess that's the most Im- important thing. Yes. Okay. And, mm. and what what's next? The last thing, really, can really wrap it up if you want to be really hot with the bank's concern is put a SWOT analysis together. What is a SWOT analysis? Right. It's um, a good basic tool. Most people know these strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yeah. It's, it's really now a, just a good way of, again, stepping back from the business to prove that you know how your business works. Okay. So this is about your own business. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, you could do this on your competitors as well. Right. But if you can do it on your business, then that just shows much more insight. So strengths and weaknesses are internal things to your businesses. The things that work. The strengths. But equally, you've got to address the weaknesses as well. I've seen too many business plans that have a list of strengths like this and the weaknesses. (laughs) Two or three on the other side. you need to be a bit more transparent. You do. Just a little bit more to balance it out. So those are the internal things. Opportunities and threats, then, are external things to your business. Mm. So these are external opportunities. What are the opportunities out there that you could grab if only you had the resources and the time? Yeah. Or this may be tying in with your vision. You say, in in 18 months' time, we're going to be here because we see this as an opportunity and this is why. Okay. I I guess that also uh, covers off the differentiation that we were talking about earlier to separate you from your competitors. Absolutely right. Yes. And the other side as well, then, we've got the threats. So, once there are opportunities, there are always threats to our businesses. Mm. And those threats can come in the form of regulatory issues. Yeah. Um can be the financial issues because all of your eggs are in one basket. Yeah, There's a whole host of threats that face our businesses. Yeah. And the reason why you should sit down and list those is, like we do with the business plan, once you've identified that threat, then the next thing is, okay, what am I going to do about it? What actions do I need to take in order to mitigate that threat? And all of this will just give, again, the bank a, an element of comfort that you really understand the business because the bank manager is going to do this separately anyway. Yeah, He will read your plan and he will do his own SWOT mm. but as we said earlier, why not do it? Yeah, you give him it. Yeah. You've made his job a lot easier. Absolutely. So yeah. it's just a, a one nice little piece that ties
1: the plan up. And what do you find with this sort of thing, because often it's quite difficult when you're looking again at your own business introspectively to find these things. Is it a good idea to discuss it with, with friends and with colleagues that you trust to say, listen what would you think of the threats? What do you think of the opportunities that we
0: have because they may come up with other ideas you Absolutely, haven't even yeah. thought of yeah as you say you could become too blinkered within your business yeah. and you miss the blindingly obvious and you're sitting around a table with two or three friends just brainstorming afternoon okay what do you see as what makes our business work well yeah you know bring your team members in mm. bring your staff members in because I know having gone through this process with many businesses especially if you bring uh, your team members around the table the opportunities start popping out yeah even other strengths and weaknesses because again, as we said earlier about um, who should help write your plan, and I said that your team know more about your business than you do. Yeah. They'll have great input into something like this. Yeah. So so, really so a key worthwhile. a
1: key message then is, is don't be too insular with it, you know, get other people's yeah. opinions as well. Yeah. That's been absolutely fascinating. Yeah, f- fabulous. I've learned a load there as well. So that, was a, so that was video two.
0: So, Rob, how can people get hold of you if they, if they think, I, I've heard enough already, I need to well, talk to you? Well, first thing they, they do, um, we've got a, a free ebook. So, if people want to grab hold of a free ebook, it's called The Secrets of Writing a Killer Business Plan. There's a lot more to what we talked about. Um, that, that book's about 103 pages. Right. So, it's a, so it's a free book. Again, it's just our 25 years of uh, um, knowledge about uh, giving money to business owners. It's written from a bank's perspective. So if you want that, all you have to do is just drop me an email, info at businessloanservices.co.uk, and we would be able to send that uh, free ebook on to you. Okay. And then on general contacts then, um, yeah. just as before, just drop us uh, an, an email, info at businessloanservices.co.uk, or just go to the website, um, businessloanservices.co.uk. So as well as the free ebook, as well, if you want a really more in-depth understanding of uh, how a bank manager assesses your request, um, i put a, um, a book together called Loan Sharp, Get the Business Finance You Deserve. I love the name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you have to be very precise when you pronounce it. Yes. So it's, it's really my 25 years of banking experience condensed into one book. So you can get that on Amazon, WH Smith or any other good bookstore. Okay. Superb. All right. So we now people know how to get in touch with you. So that's been, the, uh, that's been a
1: f- phenomenal sort of overview on how to put together a business plan. And in the next video, Rob, is going to be explaining to us exactly why the banks say no mm-hmm. and what you can do about it to yep. make sure that they say yes. So we look forward to seeing you in the next video.
0: So there we are. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Teo and that more importantly, you got some great action points and some great learnings about how to write an effective business plan. As I mentioned there, there's still more to come. So keep an eye out for the next episode of the Business Finance Bulletin Extra, where we'll be sharing the third discussion that I had with Teo all around what it takes to get a bank to say yes. As ever, if you've got a finance project that you want to chat over or you just want to check an idea out, always happy to have a chat. So all you have to do is drop us an email, info at businessloanservices.co.uk or just pop along to our website, businessloanservices.co.uk. So that's it for this episode of the Business Finance Bulletin Extra. Thanks very much for being with me. Look forward to being with you again next time. Bye-bye now.